one and all to the Moon Knight Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Who wants to heal the world? The Moon Knight Podcast by Fantastic Geek for the season series ending episode six, Gods and Monsters, comes to you now by the Scarlet Scarab. The Egyptian superhero. Scarlet Scarab. Pete, Scarlet, other people uh, also hanging around in the pop culture universe in the last couple days or so. Here we are, Pete, starting our four-day podcast sojourn of a joyous celebration of what we're calling the Golden Hours, talking the Moon Knight something finale, the season finale of Star Trek Picard tomorrow, the season premiere, series premiere of Star Trek Strange New Worlds the day after that, and capping things off on Monday as we talk Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It is, though the busiest of times, also the best of times. So make sure you keep those days in mind as far as sending any potential feedback for that. Also, uh, remember, too, that we will record a wrap for the season or the series. We still don't know of moon Knight next week so get those thoughts together and send them along with that pete it's time for our episode raw cap mark's body lays in the water where he was shot twice arms stretch wide where harrow's men pull him out as he looks on they find amit's ushtabdi on him and give it to Harrow, who tells him he's sorry it had to be this way. Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, whoever else might be in there. He places the scarab on Mark's chest. Layla hides in the shadows behind a column, hearing uh, before taking out a goon as Harrow goes to leave. Harrow holds the Ushapti and his followers genuflect as he asks them who wants to heal the world. His cane transforms with purple chaos magic into an axe slash staff that I don't know what to call. Then my notes, I will at times call his staff and his axe with an alligator head on the other side. Hey, could we call it his sacks or his stacks i think his sacks would be taken and confusing if someone dropped into another part of the podcast and didn't understand the context i would like a marvel one shot where arthur harrow plays jazz on a saxophone but i digress <laughs> that's what pete that's a genuine mental image it's now in my head and i kind of like it the dr Artie version you know with the hair back and the mustache and all that <laughs> back to this story though pete the story that the professionals made uh not my fanfic baddies leave the area layla approaches the body she pauses and cries over it then takes the scarab she lets the body slip back into the water and uh, handily uses the scarab to track. We cut to a wide shot, the deserts of Jordan. Pete, is that a sandworm? No different property here, <laughs> though shot in the same desert. Uh, well, it, listen, it, they just they just killed Duke Leto again. Uh, now we know, Pete. Now we know when Oscar Isaac 
is doing a project that requires him to go to uh, that particular portion of Jordan. Um, we know what's going to happen. He's going to die. Um, we he have... didn't die in Star Wars. Um, that's it, Pete. Maybe Star Wars died on him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. The sequel trilogy is a lot of fun. Um, anyhow, Harrow and company—they're driving away from from uh, their their recent victory. They're stopped by well-armed guards. They're questioned. Harrow steps out of the the jeep asking for calm, but he's not going to be showing his papers. Instead, they must show him his soul. The cane indeed takes away the souls of the Egyptian authorities quickly. The souls zooming up, uh, except for one. He's the good man. Uh, and baddies start to clear away the bodies. And of course, we can see that one of those baddies is actually a masked Layla. You see hiding amongst the villains. Yes, with her hood on there as she pulls her knife and eyes. Harrow, Towerette speaks through a man's body, telling her not to do it. Another soldier's corpse speaks and says it's Mark who's telling her to stop. Layla says Mark is dead, and Tauret says she's talking to her through dead people. So what? She adds Harrow is too powerful for her to stop alone and says that if Mark is going to return to life, he is going to need Khonshu. She tells her to break his Ushabti, uh, which is in the chamber of the gods, and she can be Taurat's avatar because Mark says wonderful things about her. Layla tells Taurat she'll bite Harrow on her own as Bobby tells everybody it's time to go, and Layla masks back up. Harrow and company make their way to the Great Pyramid of Giza on the outside. The staff is used to open it, you know, brick by brick, good effects moment. Inside, the avatars of the other gods are concerned, uh, but clearly Harrow is in control. Uh, the avatars are all set to attack him, and uh, the story moves off screen. Uh, Harrow blasting back, the camera now staying with Layla, who finds the uh, Ushtabdi, uh, or, or rather finds another one looking for one uh, back to the main chamber we go uh, the avatars are dead Amit is released and uh, in a really just fun moment uh, we see that uh, Amit is represented as a resplendent female crocodile I'm so glad that you hit crocodile because remember alligators are not in Egypt so there's that and even though Stephen says later skaters, it would be more appropriate for him to say in a while, crocodile. Layla finds. Oh, well Conchu. done, Pete. Well done. <laughs> Layla finds Conchu's Ushabti and absconds with it. Amit. Okay. Can we, can we just praise the design of this giant crocodile for a moment? Like the Conchu design is wonderful and, you know, the, the lack of connective, you know, that there's nothing between the skull and the wrapping of the body is great. But the Amit design is tremendously done, okay, to the point where it appears like there's bandages that have been wrapped around the snout there. 
Amit asks to whom she owes her gratitude, and Harrow says, her humble disciple, uh, to whom she owes nothing. She says his scales lack balance. He hoped his penance might correct that, but he now sees it's impossible, and he accepts uh, the unbalanced scales regardless of the outcome. Amit tells him they lack balance because of what lies ahead of him and he says they must spare the world the pain he will cause and he willingly submits but Amit tells him that what lies ahead of him is service to her his death is delayed she once relied on a servant whose scales were balanced perfectly and in exchange was bound to stone for 2,000 years Harrow tells her that he has disciples all over the world whose scales are balanced perfectly awaiting her command but she says he is the avatar she needs she runs her claw through his hair in a really great moment and tells him not to let the pain of the past control him and his eyes glow purple in another part of the pyramid you know the part where Layla is hiding Kanchu is freed he does not sense Mark anymore. He sees Layla and says he needs an avatar. Uh, and I was like, all right, we've been building towards this for six episodes. Surely Khonshu is going to uh, recruit Layla, right? She still says no, uh, noting that having been the avatar of Khonshu resulted in Mark's life being turned into a waking nightmare. She will not be his servant. Uh, she proposes that maybe they can work together. Khonshu is not up for that and zips away. Meanwhile, we go back to Amit and company, uh, ready to cleanse Cairo and the world. Suddenly, Khonshu stands there, ready to uh, to oppose her. So lots of action going on in the Great Pyramid. Harrow tells Bobby to find out who released him. In the field of reeds, Tarret tells Mark his scales are balanced, his heart is full, a journey is over as he looks at his heart. Mark marvels at the peace he's always wanted. He asks her about Stephen, and she tells him that the Duat has him. Mark tells her he needs to go back for Stephen, but she says it doesn't work like that because if he leaves, he can't return. She tells Mark he doesn't need Stephen anymore, that he's not good with eternal peace while Stephen is lost in the sand forever. He turns as she tells him to think about it, and the sunny reeds dissolve into dark sands. Back to the Great Pyramid, Amit and Kanchu talk back and forth about a world of disciples and destiny, with Harrow saying that Kanchu only wants uh, to keep Amit bound. We go back to the netherworld desert in which mark finds the sandy stephen mark reflects on stephen having saved him giving him hope stephen did not abandon mark uh and mark keeps on talking even as he starts to sand over is this curtains for our hero mark calls stephen the only uh real superpower and they share holding a heart which is a nice moment because stephen of course had been sanded over last episode kind of hand outstretched as though he was holding something but it didn't quite look like that but with the heart there they're now sharing it 
Uh, the door to the temple uh, before them opens, and Stephen is unfrozen, as is Mark, and they see the gates being opened together. They hug there and enter. Amit tells Khonshu, for God, he's low on faith, and they throw down the sand gathering behind them. Stephen helps a hobbling Mark closer to that gate there. Towerit uses her boat to back the sands off so that old softy Osiris can free Mark and Stephen. Hashtag softy Osiris. That could be <laughs> my rap name. Uh, back to this world, uh, Khonshu is zipping out of the pyramid, uh, offering Mark another chance to live again. Uh, and as Mark accepts that, we see the bullets pushed out. We see Mark uh, forming into Moon Knight, triumphant return, here we go. Topside, Moon Knight meets Khonshu, the latter of which was not able to convince Layla to help. Uh, Moon Knight switches to Mr. Knight, uh, of course, because now we have Steven kind of in the driver's seat. Uh, and Steven says it's time to negotiate. If there's a victor, Khonshu will, will release them both. Got that deal, Pete? Release them both, Mark and Steven. Deal, says Kanchu. Uh, with that, uh, the god of the night sky can take them, and Moon Knight flies up in a really, really wonderful and evocative artistic moment. He flies now? He flies now. Yes, he does. <laughs> Salim crawls across the floor of the Great Pyramid when Layla helps him up. He asks if she was the one who released Kanchu. And she admits it was. He tells her the chamber is their most powerful place. And they need to imprison Amit in a mortal form from there. A body would be vulnerable instead of a statue. He tells her they need more avatars than they have left. As he collapses and dies. Layla asks if Taurat is there. And she uses Selim's body to answer harrow hears this and heads her way uh indeed with layla running harrow uh zaps a blast or blasts a zap i suppose it could work either way almost knocking down stone onto layla a uh, layla accepts being the avatar a temporary one of Tauret, uh and uh, she the hippo, not she, the Layla, uh, has a fabulous costume idea in mind. We're not going to see it quite yet because, Pete, take us to the exterior of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Mark flies to the pyramid as Harrow climbs it and overlooks Cairo. He lights up the top of the pyramid with purple light, which reflects on the faces and eyes of those in the city. Bobby tells the followers of Amit to judge everyone. They grab hands and the souls of the unbalanced head skyward and ultimately into Amit's mouth, increasing her size. We head back inside the pyramid where Pete, my notes call her Super Layla. Okay, and I just <laughs> want to point out, I know Scarlet Scarab comes from the comics. Not said in this episode, maybe in some sort of spin-off series like maybe called like uh Layla Steven there'll be a thing where there's a big triumphant thing she says somebody says and now you are the Scarlet Scarab 
Um, so I might use the two interchangeably. That's kind of my little trap door there. But regardless, uh, Layla bursts out looking fantastic with swords, chink, and wings as well. Uh, outside, Amit is many, many stories tall. Moon Knight arrives, fighting Harrow in the air, all while a giant Khonshu fights Amit aptly. Moon Knight and Harrow land in a familiar-looking city square, in that it's the city square space that's been used in other episodes, uh, while Amit offers Khonshu a place at her side. Indeed, it noted that Amit and Khonshu largely have the same goals. It's just a matter of execution. Yes, uh committing the sin as opposed to the potential commission of the sin there. Um, Harrow hits Mark with his staff and is about to give him the death blow when Layla, visible on the rooftop there, swoops in with her bronze wings and saves him. Harrow sends magic from his staff, but she uses her wings to deflect it and him. Layla, Mark, and Steven catch up as Amit and Kanchu go full kaiju. Steven is jazzed about the new skill sets they all have. And Layla tells him to show her what he's got. He beats a bunch of Harrow's goons with his batons, sending one at Harrow who deflects it, ending up in Mark's hand. Layla and Mark rush forward. Mark unleashing a pair of his moonerangs overhead before a three-way fight against Harrow. Layla at this point saves a woman. There's the van twisting and turning uh, and Layla's there to save the day and the woman is proud to see an Egyptian superhero. Harrow blasts Moon Knight uh, saying uh, but one weed needed to be removed from the garden and Randall would have lived. The weed would have been the taking of Mark. We get Layla uh, blasted aside, and perhaps it's kill time for Mark. There's an excellent, excellent camera shot. I kind of say camera in quotes because it's special effects heavy, but camera shot. We have giant Amit and Khonshu filling the night sky in what becomes the background because Harrow walks into the shot, stabbing Mark, energy draining, Layla cornered, Mark suddenly starting to flash just a, a stunning climax to this fight it, from, from the shot choice to things being well lit with neon accoutrements and and just the whole thing is wonderful but pete what was that who was that who just done all the tvma stuff that marvel <laughs> is willing to port over from netflix but not actually yet apply to a mainstream disney plus show the next thing he knows, he's up. Mark is with Harrow's axe to Harrow's forehead. He drops him and the axe. He asks Stephen if that was him. And he gets the body to confirm it was not. As bodies are visible all around. As Mark regains control, Layla uses her wing to free the other that had been uh, stuck with a boomerang um, deflected by Harrow. She asks what that was, and he tells her he blacked out. Mark did. Okay. Um, as they see Amit drag Conchu away, 
Layla tells him to get Harrow because she knows how to stop Amit taking the pieces of his staff. They take the body back to the Great Pyramid uh, with the goal of binding Amit to Harrow's broken frame. Layla speaks the spell even as Harrow's finger wiggles a bit. Uh, the ancient words are dead uh, and Amit is pulled into the waving circle, pulled into Harrow's body and can we say Amit Harrow, Pete, after having spent a number of weeks on the... Arrow? Well, over on the Star Trek Picard podcast, we've been... At least I had settled on Queenie Gerardi to describe the combination of two characters. Weird that yet again, here we have two characters in the body of one, but uh, Amit through Harrow says that they cannot be contained and they will never stop. Khonshu arrives telling Mark to finish them. Uh, leave neither alive. Mark is ready to do it, but Layla says that he does have a choice. He is free. Anshu tells him to do it, uh, but such rash action sounds like Amit speaking. Uh, Mark will not kill uh, Harrow Amit. Uh, Hamit, perhaps? I don't know, Pete. We'll settle on something <laughs> for the presumed season two. Uh, he says that he is to be released. Anshu flies away, and uh, the bindings of Moon Knight go away as well. Um, this sends Mark, uh, back to, uh, Dr. Harrow's office in the asylum where he's suddenly Steven again. He asks if that is what reality really looks like. And Dr. Harrow tells him, uh, his imagination is very real. All of the items in the room that he can name there sprang from imagination after all. Steven asks him if he thinks Khonshu and Amit are real, and Harrow says no. Mark leans forward and asks, what if they disagree? Then their work there continues, Dr. Harrow says. For how long, Stephen asks. Well, how long is a piece of string? Harrow asks as he leaves bloody footprints heading back to the chair. I know I was critical that we'd never see any kind of pain or any kind of blood from the glass put in the sandals. And this was the perfect time to deploy that as the persona is kind of dying away. Well, and indeed, once and for all, Stephen and Mark do not accept the diagnosis. It's more fun to save the world. Here, Pete, we get the later's gators, which, of course, you pointed out should be not for a while, crocodile. Uh, they wake up in Stephen's apartment. It's Mark and it's Stephen seeing two goldfish leaping out of bed, then tripping uh, his leg bound. Uh, the end? Question mark. Now, I know we know to wait for more stuff, but doesn't even exactly completely feel like an end but pete after the credits we get properly the title moon knight uh and then what happens in an asylum we'll talk which in a moment a rubber ducky dressed as a doctor sits on a table with a watercolor painting and a cup filled with sand from a wheelchair harrow reaches for it, but it's actually a liquid, looked like coffee with a little cream in it. He knocks over as the nurse tells him it's time for bed. 
a man speaking Spanish uh, tells her he'll take him. She begs his pardon, and he tells her to calm down as he pats Harrow's shoulder and wheels him away, whistling into the hallway where there are bodies of orderlies and one bleeding at the nurse's station. As if that wasn't bad enough, Matt, I have a special place in my heart for men who tell women to calm down. Perhaps you're proposing, Pete, that this unseen uh, visage is is not good news. Uh, the question, of course, is where are they going? Uh, ultimately, they're outside, and Harrow is put into a limo. Khonshu is in the, the seating area of the limo as well. Harrow says that they can't be hurt. Khonshu says that Mark Spector has uh, no idea uh, how much trouble uh, he is in. Uh, it is Jake Lockley driving the limo who turns takes out the gun with the silencer and presumably shoots harrow to end the story for now i think let's sink our teeth into some sphinx stumping riddles so, Pete, let's go through the orders of reality here. The interior mental hospital with the Egyptian theme to it, you know, the one in which we see the bloody footprints of Harrow. Has that officially been revealed now as some sort of internal mental space in the Mark Stephen body and a place where the psyches can get some sort of resolution? I think so. Um, that he's there prior to waking up then falls on his face and then the next time we see the body obviously it's jake so what does this do it creates a situation if you go back and watch the rest of the season and anytime there's a flash between mark steven there's the possibility that it's jake filling in those gaps and doing the ultraviolet things all right so second question do you think a little bit less of this episode that leaves things unresolved to a large degree while not giving us the i will say courtesy of the loki shall return in season two sort of thing that we got in season one like i know because i read deadline they're making more Marvel shows for uh for Disney Plus, but mm-hmm. interior to the story, nobody has said there's more coming. So I feel a little left hanging out there, even though it's 12 years into the MCU and I understand how things work. So and they're planned 10 years out. The thing it tells me and the past precedent we can only go on is if you have season two they tell you in a post credit scene they did that with Loki. If you don't, you're still in the MCU. Nobody's gone away. Matt, we've now seen a movie where a character went from the film to the TV back to the film with Wanda Maximoff. So I'm completely confident there's no season two that we don't need to get a And it's not been a a Marvel Studios TV convention to do like with the films. Um, 
Moon Knight will return, you know, Doctor Strange will return because uh, it's just not the way it's done in the medium. He will pop up elsewhere. I will mention there's going to be the next uh, D23 Disney convention uh, is going to be November. Uh, pardon me. It's going to be September. So, I mean, look, I would hate, and I, I mean this genuinely, I would hate to be kind of at the intersection. I'd hate to be one of these creative people, but at the intersection of creative versus marketing and be like, hey, we came up with a really cool thing to say season two, you know, because you told us internally season two is a go. Oh, but we need to, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting here, by the way. Uh, you know, but oh, we need to save it for D23 so we can get some good razzle dazzle and a good press cycle and things like that. Yeah, I don't know that that's the case, but I suppose that's one of those things. And that's also a long way of saying, Pete, maybe the second weekend in September, that's when we'll find out a whole slew of these shows have been renewed or we're going to get Moon Knight and the She-Hulk versus Hawkeye and the Secret <laughs> Invasion. Until it happens, we just don't have a precedent for that happening. It's typical TV convention to be told, you know, the show's been renewed. We've sweated out some days, Matt, where we thought there were Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series finales coming, and then, hey, surprise, there's two more seasons coming, season six and season seven, and then the triumphant conclusion will happen after seven seasons. Um, Pete, I'm even old enough to remember... <laughs> Way back when, okay, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, uh, I'm talking October, uh, pardon me, November 10th, 2017, guaranteed to be the last time we're ever going to see Anson Mount play back, uh, Black Bolt in the MCU <laughs> in the series finale of Inhumans. That's it for that character. It's a wrap. Goodbye forever. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the way it goes. Um, Towerit speaking through the dead was a really nice way to handle some exposition and then to do it through Layla as well, which we had previously established. Uh, Yatsil had explained that, uh, her avatar would talk through her and then it happened where Kanchu spoke through Mark and we kind of had that convention done there. Um, but an interesting way to go about relaying some information and some of the action in this episode. It is. And I think though I do have kind of legitimate emotional concerns with how things are unresolved at the end, despite the fact that, you know, in my mind, I know the story is ever to be continued. And we experienced that twice this weekend uh, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe um overall i mean this is a solid conclusion to the season uh good fight good exposition good i think really really good uh elevation of layla to the scarlet scarab um and in a way that doesn't and rarely if ever does the mcu feel like they are doing diversity for diversity's sake i i really genuinely believe Marvel leadership is looking for ways to reflect the world and is looking for, you know, is a forward looking company. Um, that said, I think 
you know, amidst many of these characters where it's worked very well, this just felt like it had been telegraphed. No, don't let her be Khonshu's uh, avatar. And she's seen the damage that it's done. Like it, it fit perfectly for her to, you know, be, be affirmed by another deity who's going to play nice and, and all of that um, coming at the fight. So it's the, the number two person who helps the number one person fight the baddie who's similarly powered, like the whole thing. It's a sim, it, it, it's a familiar finale, but the pieces are really dynamic. Well, what if we take a page from Ant-Man and the Wasp and, you know, while they did not have, and, and maybe the MCU would be different if Disney plus was available at that time. And, you know, the series route as opposed to the film route, but, you know, can there be a Scarlet Scarab and the Moon Knight film that they could go into? I think it is interesting. It is interesting to get a sense what's the long term either picture or aspiration for what these shows can do. You know, of course, we can look back and say, you know, WandaVision was a take lesser characters and put the spotlight on them, but also we're, we're doing some real kind of character business to be able to get Wanda to be, uh, I won't be spoiler, but to, to get Wanda completely ready to be at the end of WandaVision, ready to take a couple more steps and be the character that they want for Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness um, to make that transformation happen in a way that kind of wouldn't make sense with her being a supporting character in the films. You wouldn't kind of wouldn't have the time to go through that process. Okay, that's great. And you've had similar kind of, um, hey, we're going to take the character from the movie, do a timeout, do some character growth and grow you up for the next movie. Um, the notion that this could be a feeder for a movie series of its own, A, is great on its own, and B, I know with uh, Doctor Strange 2 coming out this weekend, there was reflection on Doctor Strange 1 where it was like, okay, it did good enough numbers, but that was an intro movie. Now he's been in a number of movies since then, and now this is two, and it's an event movie. So to your point, Pete, does a Moon Knight and a Scarlet Scarab movie not become the first movie in the series, but instead be the, the the event sequel to this show and its subsequent seasons. It'd be interesting to see if they would do what I would call a, a stunt series, you know, and, and double bill that. All I know is I'm ready for more of both of the characters, but I'm, finding myself more excited by the Scarlet Scarab. And I kind of think that's by design. I mean, listen, we all enjoyed Oscar Isaac. Okay. And playing two characters and then to see it, you know, at the end of this episode where, you know, you don't even flash away when he does the different personas, but it's right there. And then you add Jake, who we're going to talk about in a minute and everything that's going on there. This story is not done. The characters are not going away. But boy, you know, May Kalamawi is going to be a superstar with a capital S. All right. And uh, everything that was done in this episode helped to cement that. Well, I would say, too, that's uh, I mean, it's excellently executed. But that's also part of the Marvel 
the Marvel, I don't know, process by design in that, you know, again, though I complained about this not really being a complete ending to the story, fine, we'll just pause that for a second. We get to the end of this story of this season, and what's it do? It leaves you wanting more for Mark, for Steven, for Jake, for Conchu. However, all that is kind of familiar, and we kind of, if you knew about the comics, you knew Jake was a possibility, and et cetera, et cetera. But what's, what's the new, new itch that you have? Well, that, too, is for, is for more of Layla. Can we talk about Conchu and the drip there, as the kids say, Matt, in the limo? Uh, Pete, tell me more about Conchu and the drip. The suit that he's wearing, this slick white suit in this limo. You, you couldn't help but double take it, and it just really works. I mean, he's, he's a stylish guy. Uh, Pete, they say he was stylish 4,000 years ago, and he keeps up with the times uh, even now. It's funny. Conchu is somebody's villain in this story. Maybe it's Stevens. Maybe it's Layla's. Maybe it's uh, Mark's. But I don't think he's our villain. Um, so all the more reason for all the more reason for him to be stylish, because I don't think we root against him we just don't always root for him they say that bird can't fly matt but in that outfit that bird is fly af pete if tomorrow or if at d23 in the anaheim convention center uh they say you know here's the uh here's the moon knight team and oscar isaac is going to introduce you know does he call um ethan hawk back out um, is Ethan Hawke kaput? Did he die? Did he get three bullets to the face, but you can't show it because it's Disney <laughs> Plus? Uh, what's what's the future for a really well-acted character uh, in Arthur Harrow? So what happened outside Psychowitz Psychiatric Hospital uh, was in our world. And uh, I'm sad to say, Matt, Jake Lockley put a couple into the uh computer of arthur harrow he's not with us anymore then you know what i have almost if that is truly the case i have almost more respect for ethan hawk i feel like he elevated this role i feel like the mcu didn't need ethan hawk i don't know that there was any fan casting for ethan hawk um but he performed this role admirably. And if he was like, you get me, but I do six episodes. I see on the schedule you want me from, you know, to film from November until May. And then after that, I'm on to my next thing. And uh, I'm going to take some of the Marvel money and go fund something else or whatever it might be. Like, I am, he gave 110%. And if this is it, talk about going out on top. Dude, I've been with Ethan Hawke since Explorers, okay? You seen Explorers, Matt? Uh, is that where the, uh, yeah, that's where they build the thing and the ball and it goes to space? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so to see the evolution in his career and to become a, a one-season Marvel baddie who began the season and then is capped at the end before they drive away here, Conchu, and the persona of 
Jake Lockley, the troubled triumvirate here of Mark Spector and Stephen Grant also in there and not knowing of who Jake is and, and what his story is. There remains story space. Uh, just a side note, uh, Seinkowitz, Matt, that a reference, of course, to Bill Seinkowitz, a comic book artist uh, who worked on Moon Knight in the 80s. Pete, given these, you know, outsized things that happened in Cairo in this episode, you know, giant monsters fighting and so forth. I was going to say if it's probably if is not a great question. When do we hear some kind of reference about this in another MCU property? And then follow up question is what happened in Cairo actually that big a deal for post blip people who live in a little corner of the universe, but the most powerful people who stop the most powerful bad guy are largely from earth. Like what's the news coverage when they show up in another show and how big a deal is this actually for people who live in the MCU? You know, is Kamala Khan watching TV next month, Matt and Kaiju's battle in Cairo. It's Kaiju row. Um, is that a thing there is, uh, you know, um, she Hulk defending them in, in court. Um, is this a secret invasion reference, um, that you finish moon Knight and the way that Disney plus is set up, it's telling you to watch eternals. I feel remains an important thing. Okay, I'll eat some crow for a second, Matt. I'll eat a little, uh, you know, leftover conchu. Uh, I predicted a Black Knight uh, cameo. There was the bingo thing that I rearranged to spell out B-Night. It didn't happen. Doesn't mean they won't ever cross paths. Well, Pete, you'll eat some crow. I'll double down. Maybe that was part of the plan, and then, you know, in the pro in the production of this show, in the production of Eternals and so forth, footage started to come in. And what I am serious pro seriously proposing as a possibility, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but as I'm proposing, maybe there has been, you know, a Marvel Studios retreat from the grand plans of Eternals, given as how it came up short in many uh, ways to measure success. Matt doesn't like Eternals, people, if you're not familiar. Um, I'm not as cool as it on it as he is. Um, it It's not their greatest, but I'm interested to see where the introduction of a lot of those characters is ultimately going to go. I think the Tiamat stuff, that that's been introduced, that now we've got Amit and Conchu fighting, they're going to reference these things. I think it'll be done in a larger sense than, say, happened in the Marvel Netflix days where there's, oh, they made a reference to a green guy and a guy with a hammer and um, a, a man in a suit named Tony Stark. I think they'll go further than that. Um, Hashtag, it's all connected. 
as with all things, Pete, uh, the future of Eternals uh, shall reveal itself in time uh, or never. What other theories do you have? Revealing itself, Matt, after a couple episodes off was another QR code. There's a poster in the hallway of the psychiatric hospital uh, that says your health is our priority. Yet, as much as I tried, I can't capture the code and make it take me anywhere. So I'm interested to hear from any of our listeners as we head into our season or series wrap next week, if you're able to make it work and what it shows you. Yeah, I was similarly unsuccessful, but uh, I suppose the the search continues, hope springs eternal, and all of that. Uh, and indeed, Pete, speaking of hope, our hopes always lifted when people go to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek and the support that we have continued to get, particularly through this busy patch lately and the the near onslaught of busyness that we'll have for, for a couple <laughs> weeks in June. That support is is a help into the spirit uh, and also uh, a help financially as uh, storage and bandwidth costs only increase with such busyness. A couple weeks, all of June and into July. Uh, yes, invaluable are the people to uh, patreon.com slash fantastic geek. All sorts of levels to contribute to, but there's just $1 to get you behind that door per month. All sorts of things to check out. Can't contribute. You can help us nearly as much by going to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating in seconds or a review to any of our 30 podcast feeds. On that note, Pete, let's get ready for some toot and comments. And we head to the Twitter poll where uh, people were able to vote on how many cars they would give the finale. One car, Pete, ready for the junkyard. That got, dramatic pause, 0%. Two cars, station wagon, got 8%. Three cars, luxury wheels, got 14%. And then four cars, stretch limo. Hello, it had to be a limo. Got 78%. Some comments first up from our captain, Noel Gardner, at Noel Camille on Twitter. This was a great finale. A perfect example of leave them wanting more. Let me pause Noel's words here for a second. That's a fair point, Pete. That it does leave them wanting more as much as I'm complaining. Uh, regardless, back to Noel's words. She says, please, Marvel, give me more. More Layla, more Conchu, more Towerette, and more Spectre Boys hums it was jake all along uh where will we see them next the last qr code connects to a comic featuring kang ah there we go there we go will they show up in wow that'd be really cool if they showed up in ant-man and the wasp in quantumania we know that we've moved that now from the summer of 2023 to february so it's swapped with the marvels uh is there a secondary swap with black panther where ant-man goes to november of this year boy that'd be really cool it'd just be cool if uh moon knight and layla and these characters show up in that let let's cross our fingers and hope that's the case and and why am i not surprised that noel 
got the QR code to work when these two clowns behind the microphone couldn't. We hear from James the Sagacious. That's at Big Killin on Twitter. Great finale. Didn't think they could pull it off. Wherever these characters show up next, we are in for a treat. Uh, we hear from J Philly B. That's at J, J Philly B for fandom. Loved it. A little lost for words with so much happening to wrap it all up. Top moments. Emmett slash Harrow leaving a literal trail of blood to clue in Jake and Stephen. Uh, that all was not as it seemed. Layla becoming an actual Egyptian superhero. The mid credit scene. Ugh, everything. <laughs> Next, Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983. I'm really impressed with these writers and directors. Really stuck the landing with a lot of threads to tie up. And they did it in record time as well. Oscar killed it again. And Layla as the Scarlet Scarab was perfect. Best part was the after credit scene, though. It was Jake all along. They have to do a season two. They owe it to us and this wonderful production team. Can't wait to see Moon Knight again in another property. Fantastic. Uh, next, Darren Bell. That's at Darth Rastlin, 79. This episode was great. Felt a lot more like a superhero show to me. Uh, though uh, though the thought the fight scenes were great. Enjoyed seeing Khonshu and Amit battling each other. Glad Steven wasn't killed off. The Jake reveal in the post credit scene was nice and didn't expect it. I need to stop doubting the Disney Plus show's abilities to wrap up a story in their finales. Also, I doubt we get it, but more Towerette would be great. Still waiting for that Mephisto reveal. Winky emoji. <laughs> well done. Uh, we hear from Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139. Great season finale with such impressive stuff packed inside. I could write pages, but instead I'll just say I'm happy about the mid credit scene how it appears that these characters and this story will continue in some live-action way, shape, or form. Uh, we haven't seen The Last of Moon Knight, and I'm so glad Marvel gifted it to us. Uh, and lastly, Pete, we hear from Drive-By Wrestling Pod. That's at Drive-By Pod. Really fun show. Didn't know what to uh, accept. I didn't mean expect. Uh, and realize we got some answer, but also some more questions. Different from any other Marvel property. And that's fantastic to uh apple podcast matt where we have a new review left this one by 041785 uh it is titled a must listen five stars and it reads the fantastic geek series of podcasts are go to for everything marvel trek and star wars kind words very very appreciated and though the sun is going to be setting a little bit for now on the Moon Knight podcast feed, what was just the season finale uh, for next week. It lives eternal there in the field of reads that is Apple Podcasts. So those <laughs> reviews appreciated anytime. To Facebook, Matt, where Robert T. Frost writes in the Fantastic Geek Facebook page. My theory was that Layla would become an avatar. I just picked the wrong God. And that's so much better. And he included a screen get grab there, Matt, of Layla spreading her wings with her swords. Uh, dramatic Middle Eastern music playing on the subtitles. Pete, I don't know what God needs with the starship, but I know what Tauret needs with Layla. And it's a whole lot of awesomeness. Uh, we go to the email inbox here where we hear from Stacy Thomas, who, Pete, I know listeners to our uh, Star Trek podcast know 
that we, uh, because we had secretly recorded last week's Moon Knight podcast a little early to account for us going to the Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, world premiere in New York, uh, we, we had missed Stacy's uh, email for last week. Uh, and Stacy says in this email, uh, I knew I was cutting it close with my email last week. Thanks for acknowledging it, even uh, though my assignment was a little late. Uh, you also started grading a little early. Pete, that's a long way for me to say I appreciate that Stacy was so uh, was so understanding. So that's very much appreciated there. But more of Stacy's words. This was a great finale. Multiple resurrections, an epic fight between two Egyptian gods, a new superhero, and most importantly, confirmation that Harrow has been walking around on bloody feet this whole time. Uh, I know we've come to have high expectations of Disney Marvel shows, but that can just mean we're easily disappointed. In this case, they've exceeded expectations in every way. The acting was spectacular, the visuals breathtaking. I especially love Tarot's design, but all the gods were just amazing. Others have mentioned the music, and I agree it's perfect. I hope the ending means there are more seasons to come, because this was super fun. Okay, got to get ready for work. As always, looking forward to your thoughts, Pete. That from I see that was sent Thursday morning, by the way. Bravo there, Stacy. <laughs> Stacy making sure she's she's meeting her deadline there. Listen, the the last thing, and I appreciate the uh the the schoolwork motif. The last thing we ever want to do, and Matt and I have talked about this, is give listeners quote unquote homework. We're never gonna give you assignments or make you to do things. That is not how we roll. Um, I, I appreciate Stacy playing with that. And I know she really doesn't feel like that. I think for our listeners, this remains the same labor of love it does for us. Um, and, and just how busy the schedule is this particular week. And again, what the sixth month of this year is going to be like, um, in the fortunate world in which Matt, we will be podcasting simultaneously Star Trek, strange new worlds, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ms. Marvel. So we're going to have one. I don't think we've ever had that before where we have one in all three of the universes that we do simultaneously. I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a little extra work and certainly for the people uh, like Stacy, for the people like uh, Fred in the Netherlands, who I know has not shared thoughts for Moon Knight, but has kept along with Picard. For people who, for people who are part of the 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 Puff Feedback Puff family, um, <laughs> you know, depending on how much they want to be getting in, that that'll be that'll be a schedule to keep as well. But I mean, my goodness, Pete. While while other areas of the real world are only getting worse, at least mm-hmm. we have this little sliver where we're getting new Star Trek. New Star Wars, new Marvel, all at the same time. What a what a lovely respite in this increasingly crazy world. Well, at least we know we can retreat to there. Pete, how can we keep this conversation going? Particularly since we will return this podcast, the Moon Knight podcast, to Saturday next week. Extra time for the conversation to happen. Pete, how can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,448 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do me in touch with the podcast comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. 
facebook.com slash fantastic geek with the p and the h like it today if you listen on the pop culture podcast feed welcome to the golden hours here we are wrapping up moon night we'll be talking uh star trek picard the season two finale tomorrow saturday we'll be talking star trek strange new worlds episode one entitled strange new worlds uh, on sunday and then talking about doctor strange and the multiverse of madness on monday if you're here just for moon night as mentioned just before we will be back saturday uh, of next weekend to talk about the season as a whole who, who knows pete maybe there'll be the uh behind the scenes thing will drop between now and then maybe or maybe not maybe there'll be <laughs> new series news who knows i think it's the 11th that it had been no uh let's yes the 11th that it had been scheduled oh okay so that's wednesday of next week so mm-hmm. look we'll be able to talk about how this was made and all of that uh, but for now pete the end has come to us or is it the beginning no it's the end so i will say adios to all the listeners and give you pete the final for now word as you sit there in front of the limo wait what are you doing sometimes we need the cold light of death before we can see reality <laughs> <laughs>